I'm Paul. And I'm Wyatt. And this is Father Son 49ers Talk. Well, today was a much better week than we've had the last couple of weeks. The 49ers came away with a win today playing against the Rams. So what were your overall, what were your your thoughts of the game, Wyatt? So how did you, well, what were your thoughts of the game? I guess my biggest thought of the game is what a masterful game Kyle Shanahan called. It's, it's my favorite part of the game. Out of everything that happened, I love how Kyle Shanahan went about coaching this game. Well, give me some more information about that. So what particularly how, did you like? So we saw real early in the game, we saw Garoppolo, which, I mean, you would figure he's going to have low confidence. They came out. We had some quick screen passes getting the ball out of his hand. And what Garoppolo was saying is two seconds. They had two seconds to get the ball out of their hand, trying to take Aaron Donald out of the game as much as you can. I mean, he's a monster. He's going to impact your game. But trying to minimize the impact he has on the game. With screen passes to Kittle, Debo, and then letting Mostert eat while he was in the game. He went out at halftime, I believe. And then they tried to bring him back, and he came off the field with an ankle injury. We'll know more on that later. But, yeah. And then later on in the game, we saw Kyle Shanahan get more confidence in Garoppolo and still had it to where Garoppolo's getting the ball out very quick on easy routes, easy completions, not trying to push the ball or force the ball downfield. Push the ball downfield is okay, but not forcing the ball downfield and just – letting them do the thing. I think that you you definitely nailed nailed the game plan. The game plan was to get the ball out of Jimmy's hand really fast, right? And I think it was more than just Jimmy and game planning for Garoppolo to kind of build that confidence up. And you hit on it. I think that even if Garoppolo would have had would have been rolling at this point of the game with the way the offensive line was playing, the game plan would have been the same. Right, because Aaron Donald, we just don't want one, we don't want our quarterback to make make mental errors because he's being pressured and he's trying to trying to win the game off off script off script plays or um overly long developing plays, whatever it may be. But we just didn't want Aaron Donald to get to Jimmy Garoppolo and hurt him, right? Exactly. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you especially with Aaron Donald being on fire. I mean, he just came off a four-and-a-half sack game. Yeah, absolutely. A week ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Aaron Donald coming off, and, coming off of a, just a phenomenal game. And he's just a freak athlete, so he's going to always, always be one of those guys that you're worried about. So I know that we were nearing full panic mode with the 49ers for this year, and we're not out of the woods yet. But how do you feel about the 49ers now after seeing this game compared to last week? It really adds a lot of confidence to the Niners. Maybe confidence is too strong of a word. It brings hope, that that hope and that drive back. I mean, coming off of a disgusting loss to the Dolphins, and, you know, you just your morale is down. And then you come back and you beat a better team in – I mean, not a dominant fashion, but I think the game wasn't as close as the scoreboard set at the end. Yeah. We controlled uh, that game. We definitely did control the game. The defense was on point. 
on point. And you could definitely tell the difference between this defense with uh, Mosley coming back as compared to last week when we had our practice squad Allen cornerback out there. It was just completely different. 100%. I might have led you into the next question, but what do you think the big difference was this week compared to last week and the week before that? Well, 100% our corners. Our secondary as a whole, I should say. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, our secondary for sure. So last week we talked, and you said that the Dolphins' loss was primarily based on the offense, you thought. Um, we kind of talked about it, and we kind of went back and forth, and I think in the end we kind of really landed on it. Just the coaching in general probably was was really more at fault than either the offense or defense. But do you think that Jimmy Garoppolo's performance had a bigger impact than – Uh, Mosley's impact on the defense. Which one do you think had greater impact, Mosley or or Jimmy Garoppolo's performance? That's a very interesting question. And I – that's a tough question to say or answer. Because Garoppolo, he came back and this offense looked good with Garoppolo. It looked really good. But then our defense looked entirely different different with Emmanuel Mosley on the field yeah so my answer is I can't answer I don't know (laughs) yeah I really don't that's a tough question right so you sit there and Jimmy Garoppolo looked great he really did look great but then the defense I think we won this game because of the defense right our offense was explosive and was playing well during the first half but they kind of stalled during the second half and they stalled after Mostert left the game. So, yeah. it, so that brings up the question. Um, Mostert, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has to be in the game to, for us to be successful. We, we have already seen that. We already know that. This isn't Bethard. This isn't – we're not worried about any of our backup quarterbacks, right? We have to have Garoppolo. But, you know, we've, we've kind of dismissed Mostert, not us specifically – I'm talking about the 49ers fandom and just football, football in general. I've kind of dismissed Mostert's importance to the team. So do we, do we, have we underestimated Mostert's importance after he got injured? We only scored three more points. Yeah. That's an interesting question. And I'm not a hundred percent sure, which is kind of the theme of this podcast is Wyatt not being 100% sure um but Mostert we came out second half Mostert didn't wasn't playing and the offense was stalling out but was that us losing momentum at halftime or was that Mostert not being there and I guess we'll figure that out if Mostert's not in the game for next Sunday then I guess we'll have our answer You know, and the other question is, did the Rams just make the adjustments right there before half? Really, not even before half, but after halftime. Did they make the adjustment? Mostert wasn't there, so he wasn't there for the explosive play. So uh, we'll talk about – it was actually really interesting seeing Jermichael Jermichael Hastings kind of come in and kind of take over that running back role over Jarek McKinnon after Mostert left, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But did the Rams make the adjustment – was it Mostert leaving without the explosive running back plays 
I mean, what was it specifically? There were a couple drops too and some key moments. Kittle had one. Um, Garoppolo had a missed throw as well. You know, that's interesting. We'll talk about that use check. We'll just talk about it now. Otherwise, I'm going to forget about it. So what was your opinion on that throw from use, uh, that from Garoppolo to use check? Uh, that was a long miss. Yeah. That's an – it's a ball that you like to say you have to hit, but that's a really hard pass to make. If you go back and watch it, you're going to see that there's pressure in Garoppolo's face. He's throwing off of his black leg, can't step into the throw at all. I mean, that's just – he's trying to sit there, fall backwards, and throw all arm mm-hmm. down the field. That's a really hard ball to make. I was frustrated about it when I saw it in, at first. And then when I saw the replay, I saw the pressure in Garoppolo's face. And it, the, the other piece about that, really, which – oh, go ahead. You finish. It really added to the, I guess, or minimized how bad it was mm-hmm. in my mind. So we'll have to watch it again. After I watched the replay, I kind of had the initial reaction that you did, which was that, man, Garoppolo, you got to make that throw. But then he watched Juszczyk, and when Juszczyk was running, you, you see Juszczyk look in to the inside of the field, right, when he's looking for the ball, and Garoppolo threw it out over the left, his left shoulder to the outside part of the, to the, outside part of the field. Um, and, then, and then Juszczyk kind of had to do this weird, like, kind of shift and he lost a lot of momentum. So it makes you wonder. I don't I guess I don't really know uh, enough about the route, you know, to know what was supposed to happen, to know if maybe use check if he looked to the outside out of his outside shoulder, if maybe he he continues with the momentum and then that ball is catchable. So it's I don't know, it looked like to me like maybe that was a miscommunication and either use check was supposed to turn to the outside or or Garoppolo threw it expect expecting for him to turn to the outside yeah yeah Yeah. i remember seeing that i remember seeing a little bit of the hesitation they're looking inside ball going outside i guess i i'm not there to have the connection with use checking to know whether that ball's supposed to be on the outside or inside me just looking at it from i guess a normal guy i would think that should be an outside shoulder catch and then take it up the sideline. But that's communication between those two. Yeah, it's super weird how that all went down. I don't know. It, it really looked like – and not only did it take time for him to turn, he kind of like almost stumbled, and he did lose a lot of momentum. So I really don't know. The one part I really didn't like about the throw is he did – it was almost identical to what he did last week when he threw and he didn't plant off of his, his back foot. He like kind of like – kind of jumped onto his lead foot and just launched the ball. I'm not sure if it was because of the pressure. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, when he first came to the 49ers, he steps into that throw and takes the hit and delivers a, a rocket to to the pass catcher. He didn't do that. And I'm not sure if it was him protecting his ankle. He did look a lot better. He looked a lot sharper. There were a couple, couple off-target throws, but that happens every game to every quarterback. Um, in general, I felt like Jimmy Garoppolo – played much much better not in general he did he played much much better he looked like jimmy garoppolo um and hopefully we can expand on that and and next week see uh see him even more lethal jimmy garoppolo yeah i agree 
Okay. So let's talk about some of the stats right here. Just kind of go over real quick. Jimmy Garoppolo, he had 33 attempts for 33. He was 23 out of 33 attempts. That's a lot of attempts. I guess I didn't realize he had that many. For 268 yards and three touchdowns. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it sounds amazing, and it is amazing. I don't – I want to know how many of those were screen passes, though. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I'd be interested in, to see how many yards or if there was a touchdown. I can't quite remember if there was a screen pass that went for a touchdown. Yeah, but I, how many that, of those are glorified runs? That Debo Samuel, the first one uh, to the outside, to the the right pylon. That was a yep. pitch, um, but it was a forward. It was counted as a pass because it went forward. Yep. So I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, that's that happened there. Let's talk about Debo Samuel right now. He uh, Debo Samuel. This shows. Oh, that's a rushing. So his passing yards for Debo Samuel. I showed that he had six targets, six receptions for sixty-six yards and one touchdown. Yeah. That's all you got to say? You were talking about Debo I mean, the whole time, during all the whole oh, game. I know. I'm, I love Debo. I do. A lot of those were like those end-around little pitches to Debo. I can think of most of those. Did he have a catch that wasn't an end-around? Mm. When it come... I'll have to watch the I game. I, I really don't know. If yeah, that's it was, a good question. Because it wasn't much of a big play. Because I know the touchdown was on an end round. Uh, there at the end of the game, to seal the game, went to Debo on an end round. He had that big play where he rolled over like three guys and somehow stayed on his feet and went like 45 or 50. Oh, yeah, at the beginning downfield, when uh, everybody thought insane. that he was down. Yeah, was, including his own teammates. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, Debo, he definitely looked like a running back out there. And that's it, the big thing with Debo Samuel is that he's just a this big, bruising wide receiver that when he gets the ball in his hand, he runs like a running back, and he does. He really does. No joke. Yeah. Oh, that, man. That's crazy. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah. Another note, uh, Brandon Ayuk, he, um, he had three targets for two, two catches. He had 12 yards and one touchdown. And uh, that was – you know, that's six yards a catch, but he, he looked explosive. I can't wait to see him get more and more involved. I'd like to see him start to get more of those end arounds where they're more interchangeable, uh, like Debo Samuel, so that you just got it coming from all directions. I'd like to see that coming. Um, but not a lot to talk about other than that. Other than he just, he's looking promising. You know, he's a developing rookie wide receiver, and I think he's going to end up being pretty incredible. Uh, Mostard. Uh, as far as pass catches, let's. We had George Kittle, ten targets, seven receptions for 109 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, Kittle, baby. Yeah, that's about all you can say about that. Kittle was just a, an animal out there, uh, just like he always is. And um, it's not just his catching; like he has these games where he'll end up with over 100 yards and a touchdown. And then he'll have games where he'll have 30 yards, but then he's just as impactful or, or even even more impactful with his blocking. Yeah. Um, as, as far as rushing, um, the big story for the rushing 
was first Mostert looks incredible. Uh, he had 17 attempts, only 65 yards with that. Um, and he didn't have a touchdown, but he just – he was running hard. He was. It's like a 4-3 receiver that's dropping his shoulder and carrying three guys to come up a half a yard short of the first down. Yeah, I would, I would really like to see the average uh, – how many yards he had after contact. Same. He's insane. He's an insane player. Insane combination of power and speed. So then here's the – Here's the interesting part, right? He left basically at halftime. Um, a little bit scary, so he did try to come back out, and then they decided not to let him continue. I don't know if that's promising or not. I mean, is it is it promising that he, they, he felt good enough that they were like, oh, going back on out there, and then he left, and he's like, no, nah, maybe not. Or maybe it's the coaches or whatever it may be. I really don't know what to think about that. Um. Uh, it's scary, but the interesting piece is that Mostert leaves, and you think, "What do you think when Mostert's off the field? What, what's what's going through your mind?" I mean, I'm guessing the same as about everyone. It's McKinnon time. Right. Let jet go. Yeah, but uh, I guess they forgot to put gas in the jet. So. Yeah. So it wasn't jet time, right? It was Hastings time. No. Yeah, he was impressive too. Yeah, shifty, quick off his cuts, just catching a ball in the backfield. Three guys makes a cut through the middle and picks up six yards. Like, wow! Yeah, he's explosive, and he even he laid some hits too. He wasn't shying from contact either. No, I think he's he's another one of those Kyle Shanahan backs. That was exactly what I was about ready to say. He's another one of those undrafted free agents, just like Matt Breida, just like Raheem Mostert. Um, and I think Hastings is going to be um, Matt Breida, you know, 3.0. So, because 2.0 is Mostert. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible to, to see him. I, I was super excited to see him get in the game. I, I'm not sure what the practice rules are. I'm a little bit afraid that, I think you can only protect practice squad players twice in the season. Um, I'm going to have to look those rules up, which means that if he goes to the practice squad again, then somebody can, will be able to sign him off of waivers uh, without that protection um, that we get. It's those rules are a little bit different because those are COVID-19 rules. I'll have to, to look and look over them again. We can kind of talk about that and we'll see what happens with him with the roster moves. Um, Jason Verrett, I uh, think, gosh, thank goodness we have him. All right. So that's, that's pretty incredible. Oh, Lord. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but in general, uh, the game went really well. Um, overall thoughts, Wyatt, do you think that we, does your prediction of our record change at all? Probably not. Okay. Just because of the strength of schedule we have coming up. So you were so you're still at nine and seven? Ten and six, nine and seven. I'm leaning ten and six. Yeah, ten and six was a record that I would have been okay with at the beginning of the year. It's not something I was happy with. I would have, you know, of course liked to have a better record, but thirteen wins in a season is really hard to achieve. Yeah, hundred percent. Ten and six is where I'm 
I'm leaning we're going to be closer to 10-6. We're 3-3 three and three right now. We have a five or six game stretch that's going to be really intense. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're going to lose some games in that. And then I'd say we're going to – hopefully we can win three of those five or four of those six. And then you, you have to toss in that one random Falcons win last year where we're supposed to beat the team and we come out and lose. Yeah. I mean, you have to you have to guess for one of those. Well, that was catching the team at the they right just, time, and maybe we've already had that loss on our record this year, hopefully. 100%. I mean, we very well might. Hmm. Yeah, it's that's tough. Um, for me, I think that 9-7 and seven plus or minus a game is probably where we're going to end up at. Um, you know, hopefully it's plus, and that's – that's really awesome. I think we're still in evaluation phase. So we, the last week we talked about it and we said, Jimmy Garoppolo, one of the big things that we were going to do this year is evaluate Jimmy Garoppolo. So um, Jimmy Garoppolo played a lot better. Did he cement himself as the future of the San Francisco 49ers after that game? Where are we at on the Jimmy Garoppolo scale uh, as the future of the San Francisco 49ers out of a, um, I, did we do a number scale? Did we say one to ten last week? I don't think we did. I don't think we did either. So last week I would have put it at like a like a five, which is in my heart. I think he's the guy, um, but like just thinking about it, I really don't know. Right. So do you think? Let's say that last week we were at a baseline, right in the middle. It could go either way. Where are we at today? Six, seven. I'm not going to be like eight because, I mean, it's one game. I want to see a game where we have this and we're not – and we don't have Aaron Donald coming at him and we're not having to dump screen passes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I want to see – Go ahead. I want to see that. But it it adds adds my confidence. It brings me up to a six or a seven to where in my heart I believe it is. And – other people are believing the same, but there's still room for there's still room for it to not be Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're at a six. Uh, for me, I'm going to keep it at a five. Uh, I think that he definitely showed what I expected to see last week. That's that's how I expected him to play last week, off of a hurt ankle. Um, he still has weird weird component with him not planting on that back foot all the time. That's kind of weird. Uh, he, he just doesn't seem to be the same confident guy that he was before. I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure if he's scared of the line, but there were definitely times when you could see that he's, he's jittery in the pocket and he's nervous in the pocket. And I hope that goes away. I really do because confident Garoppolo is, is a quarterback I want to be on the team. And I think that he he played uh, some of the game like that. And then there's other parts of the game when you're like, man, he just looked really rattled and shaken in that pocket. So for me, I think that five or six is probably where you're at, which is right in the middle, which is pretty much where I was yes last week. Um, I went. I will say that the last two last week took me from like I was at like a hard eight, like hard eight nine, like this is our dude, not gonna leave. To you know, I just really don't know uh, what's gonna happen with the future. So, 
Uh, it's it's unfortunate to say, but uh, you know he's he's going to have his chance to prove it this year, and we're just going to have to keep on monitoring. So, at the Jimmy scale for me, I'm still at a five, uh, leaning to six, like a five point five, like a little tick up. Well, you're at about a six. I think we're right about at the same point. We're like we saw the Jimmy we wanted to see, but we got to see that consistency, and we got to see a little bit more improvement over the time over time. Yep. Okay, so overall, trending up for the Niners for the season, trending up for Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, one more thing I wanted to talk about. We talked about how awesome the defense played. It was super – it was a lot of fun watching the defensive play. The defense play, I wasn't worried about the cornerbacks the same way I have been the last couple weeks. Greenlaw, that hit on the goal line. Man, this guy solidifying himself as – I don't know – lay big hits on the goal line and stop touchdowns yeah he he played really good he had a couple really really nice plays he just knows how to hit people and stop them in the tracks like no forward momentum i don't know he's he's super awesome at that uh but if you could say there was one thing in the 49ers 49ers defense that you wish you would have seen better let me rephrase that if there was one part of the 49ers defense or one position group you wish would have played better uh what would that have been uh defensive line yep very easily there we go yeah i was sitting there thinking about that and like the defense really did kind of take control of this game and they they kept it while the offense was kind of stumbling the defense kept the rams under control which was awesome and then uh allowing the offense to kind of just seal it up for us when when it was time to do it. But, man, Goff was just like – he could have like – he was like roasting marshmallows, like playing, playing cards. He could have just hung out back there all night. He didn't have to worry about the defensive pass rush at all. Like the opposite of what teams were thinking last year. Yeah, it was, it was frustrating to see. It really was. Um, that was the one piece of the game that was just like, come on, you know, it's just get to them. You know, they got, a, they got a couple hits on them, but it was nothing that was super impressive as far as just the overall performance. But I was really happy with the overall performance of the entire defensive squad and the offense. And in general, it was, it was a good week. I agree. Did you have anything else, Wyatt? No, I think you summed up about everything. Awesome. Okay, Wyatt. Well, we're going to do another podcast probably Wednesday. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to be uh, on the road, so we'll have to you know, do it. I think it'll be Wednesday night. We'll be fine. Um, but if you don't have anything else, Wyatt, I love you. Love you, Doug.